Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean in Eau Claire, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yep. Okay, <laughs> with the holidays, uh, everybody's been all over the place the last couple of days, and uh, hopefully everybody has had a real nice holiday, and hopefully uh, you got some other plans that you still can enjoy before we're all back to work and, and doing everything in 2014. But Christmas came a little bit late for Packer fans, but it did come nonetheless. And it turns out that despite losing last weekend to the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-31, to they were granted reprieve by the awful Chicago Bears, who essentially deemed that game meaningless. And then today we found out that Aaron Rodgers, after eight weeks, will be returning to the starting lineup in time for Sunday's winner-take-all matchup at Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. And uh, maybe we'll touch a little bit on the game last week, but uh, we saw several things that happened with this team, some good things, some bad, all of which uh, have existed for pretty much the entirety of this stretch run without Aaron Rodgers. But thanks to the Bears, that game has been rendered meaningless. So the big focus is on this weekend, Aaron Rodgers trying to shake off the dust and somehow uh, improbably uh, getting the Green Bay Packers into the playoffs here in 2013. This news broke a few hours ago. Matt, what was your, uh, I guess, first reaction when you heard that Aaron Rodgers is going to play? I was pretty surprised, honestly. I mean, we've had a glimmer of hope for like the last three weeks. And it always seems to, to not be the case that he's going to play. And now we haven't really heard anything this week, at least I hadn't, that things were any better than they have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to me it was kind of a surprise. But all of a sudden I got a, about a hundred times more excited for the game <laughs> on Sunday. I mean, with, with Flynn in there, even if we did win, you know, going forward, it's kind of assumed Rodgers wasn't going to be playing at all. So kind of what's the point? You make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Hooray, you get destroyed in the first round. So now all of a sudden this feels like a pretty big game on Sunday, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to, to see what happens. And, and you, know, ne- you never know if they make the playoffs, you know, what could happen there too. Yeah, and in all honesty, my hopes are still not very high. Aaron Rodgers right, yeah, or not. Um, odds are, uh, I was playing with the playoff scenarios, and it's they're either going to play the San Francisco 49ers, which would be most likely, and uh, they could play either New Orleans or Carolina. There's no way they could play Arizona, which kind of disappointed me a little bit. But, yeah, I was very excited. The game is much more interesting with Aaron Rodgers. I didn't think they had much of a chance to beat the Bears with Matt Flynn. You know, if you you struggle against a lot of other teams, really the only two wins they've had uh, have been one-point wins against teams that aren't very good, to be honest with you. But now they have a little bit of a chance, and the question is, obviously, how is Aaron Rodgers going to play? Is he going to be skittish? Is he going to be rusty? Uh, What are your thoughts on that, I guess, without, you know, having attended practice? Sure. Well, I'd imagine he's going to be. I mean, there's really no way of... You can't imagine he would come in there and be as sharp as always right away. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is it's just the threat of having him in there even, as opposed to Flynn, is going to make that running game so much better, too. And the Bears, I think, have the worst statistical run defense in the league right now. Mm-hmm. So unlike if we're playing, they're playing against Flynn, they can't just load the box. So hopefully he doesn't have to throw it that much. I mean, if he has to, I'm sure he'll be fine, but there's undoubtedly going to be some rust there. Yeah, hopefully Eddie Lacy can play, which would be a yeah. big thing. Um, yeah, and, but I mean, even with Starks, I mean, we should sure. be able to do pretty good against that defense, I would think. Yeah, and yeah, Starks is certainly a solid back, and he's had success running against the Bears in the past, uh, even earlier this year. 
Um, the, the big thing, yeah, I, I can't predict how Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Obviously, he's going to be better than Flynn, even having not played in two months, you, you got to believe. The thing for me is that we've talked on this show quite a bit about Aaron Rodgers and his inability to capture greatness like Favre has done or like Starr has done. Not that he's not you know, one of the best players in franchise history and on the short list of the greatest quarterbacks in history, and he's won a championship, but he doesn't have these John Wayne kind of moments. You know, he, he doesn't have the late game touchdown with... 10 seconds left. He doesn't have the big comebacks. Flynn has really out-folklored him in his brief time as a player. You know, Aaron Rodgers is on the Steve Young uh, category right now of just, he is simply one of the best players to ever play the game, but if you take somebody random, you know, who's not a fan of that, you know, specific team, and ask them, you know, what's the most classic Steve Young moment? Really, all he has is that Terrell Owens touchdown pass, and that didn't come until, you know, his fourth to last game of his career. Mm-hmm. So, this is going to be the opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to come down to Chicago, haven't played in two months, get the Packers into the playoffs, and hurt the team that hurt him. I am really looking forward to this opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to really cement himself, not as one of the best players in franchise history, but have a moment to add to that folklore uh, that Green Bay has so much of. Yeah, he gave me goosebumps thinking about it. I I mean, it it is exciting. We haven't had, even though the playoffs have still been on the line, it's been kind of hard to get excited for these games um, lately, and now we've got a big one, and like you said, this is Rogers' chance. I mean, not only this game, but if he can somehow, and like you said, my my hopes still aren't too high, but if he can somehow make a run with this team, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's all of a sudden a legend instantly. He already is in Packer history, but, you know, if he can somehow do this with a team that everybody in the nation has seen is bad, really bad without him, Mm -hmm. um, and single-handedly pretty much carry them to a Super Bowl, I mean, his legacy's set. Yeah, for forever, and um, although he might have an ego that makes Brett Favre, you know, look like Barry Sanders as far as, you know, humble (laughs) after that. But I guess he would earn it at that point. We'll uh, cross that uh, bridge when we get to it. I don't know how much more we can speculate on Aaron Rodgers. Um, You know, Matt Flynn finished his tenure in, uh, you know, his starting tenure against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Played well, had a few mistakes, had two very, very damaging turnovers. We had mixed feelings about this game after it, and I was quite venomous leaving the stadium. I was so mad at McCarthy for what seemed to me like simple coaching mistakes. You pointed out to me that these are, you know, the the coach can't make you stay on sides and not jump uh, full start or run into your quarterback while he's trying to throw a bubble screen. And as I drove home, I kind of started to see your point, and then by the time I got home, the Bears were down 24-3, to and really what I had just seen and what I was just angry about really didn't matter at all. And so I don't know, I don't know about you, not only the Packer game, but I've never seen a Week 16 mean so little. It seemed like everybody was just playing games that, due to the tiebreakers, really didn't matter, and that it was all just kind of practice for these big Week 17 showdowns. And I know the They've wanted Week 17 to mean more, but now, this year at least, it's kind of inverted. They always had Week 17 mean nothing. Now Week 16 meant hardly nothing for most teams. 
Right, and most of the people, yeah, in the thick of it, are, there was nothing much that could have been decided. I mean, the teams that needed to win did, or, or I guess in some cases they didn't, like the Bears and, and the Lions. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, a few teams were set, but I think there was like seven, I, I forget what the number was, but a ton of teams could have been knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's still, everything is pretty much still wide open, so there's a lot of important games. But it's nice to have a final week where almost everything can still be decided, seeds and, and teams on top of that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so I guess, you know, I'd rather have a more exciting Week 17 than a maybe a more exciting Week 16. I love right before the holidays getting some, you know, consequences-free football to watch. That's always, yeah. you know, one of the best things. I did kind of hijack my original question to you. Is there anything that you think we saw against Pittsburgh that concerns you going forward that we haven't already known about? No, nothing that we don't already know. I felt there was a few more really stupid mistakes than normal. Um, we there's always some, but it just seemed there was a ton in that game, like you had mentioned before. So I guess that was a little bit concerning. And I, Nick Perry jumping off in that what, was a third and short, or was that the the blocked? That was the field goal where the field goal. If and they, I feel if, like he's yeah. done that other times this season too. I feel like recently I can't pinpoint it, but I mean that's not the first time the Packers have done that. Just some really really stupid mistakes, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the defense is what it is. The offense made at least some nice plays. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything we we didn't already know about. So, I'd, yeah, it ends up kind of being overall an inconsequential game and really a different team than we're going to have on the field this Sunday. Yeah, definitely, and even the chance that Randall Cobb could potentially play, mm-hmm. which yep. would be very interesting. So we'll see. Not going to have Clay Matthews. Uh, his injury looks like it's going to be pretty serious. Do you? Th- I'm not a doctor, nor are you, but... Have you heard anything as far as the potential of this to be a long-term injury problem for him? I, I guess I don't know anything, probably more than you do. I can't imagine it's like a long-term, long-term thing, like past this season. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it keeps him out the whole rest of the year. I, if he already come, you know, has come in and rebroken, and re-injured it, I would think that they might just hold him out. Yeah, I, I don't understand the benefit of him playing. It's, it's not like it's the '96 Packers right now. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing I would like to talk about that game, uh, going back to it one last time, is that we did have a little bit of a difference of, of opinion about who these kind of boneheaded mistakes um, should get cast upon for blame. And I felt it was more of a coaching thing, just because, you know, Nick Perry, he's a young player, but Andrew Corliss has been here four years. You know, the offensive linemen that are jumping off sides have been here for quite a long time. Maybe you have a different perspective, but who do you cast blame on for these kind of mistakes that were just plentiful uh, in the game against the Steelers? Well, yeah, and I know we disagreed on this, uh, at least on Sunday, but I, I definitely felt those those are all player-driven mistakes. I mean, the defense, you know, being bad or being a sieve, yeah, sure, that might be on Dom Capers, but these stupid plays that the players are making where, you know, they're jumping off sides on fourth and three or... Um, you know, false start when you're down at the goal line. I mean, these are things that have really nothing to do with the coaching, in my opinion, and it's something that these players should know from the time they're high school football players. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a matter of being knowledgeable about the situation, and I don't think that a coach necessarily has to say, now don't jump false start here when we're down <laughs> on the goal line, you know, with time running down. I, I don't feel like that it really has much of anything to do with the coaching. Do sure. I feel that the coaches need to improve in areas? Yes, but do I feel that those really stupid mistakes were their fault? No, I don't. Yeah, and I guess you you bring up a great point where they have to know to play better than that. But is it possible, uh, I know I hear Mark Chimura talk about this a lot on his radio show, that is it possible that maybe 
the discipline from McCarthy is not taken seriously or there aren't really uh, repercussions for making these really stupid plays. I know B.J. Raji got taken out after the fight that cost them a personal foul penalty, but he talked about how the players had the fear of God in, in Mike Holmgren, where they felt like if they made some kind of mistake that they could get cut and that... You know, if they had more than six penalties as a team, they were all shaking in their boots for practice on Monday. Sure. And part of me thinks, gosh, you wish McCarthy would have that. But then having said that, maybe that's just kind of the an old relic of a bygone era where mm-hmm. you really can't do that kind of discipline to players. And, and players really, you know, they know their salaries. They know their importance. They know that a power struggle between a player and a coaching staff, that the players are going to win. And so that perhaps there's no way you can have that kind of authority. Yeah, and... It would be nice to have that, I guess. We don't see really what goes on behind closed doors with these kind of things. Sure. But to me, I think the disappointment of knowing you let your teammates down is worse than any amount of win sprints you might have <laughs> to do the next game, opinion. Sure. So, I mean, just knowing that you let the drive stay alive and they end up scoring a touchdown, I think that's got to make you feel bad enough that you don't need a coach yelling at you. I mean, if these players are smart enough to realize how big of a mistake they made, I think you shouldn't really need anything else on top of that, I would hope. Well, maybe we ought to fire Mike McCarthy and get Nick Saban because he can make people cry, yeah, even at the scared. NFL level. I'd be scared of Nick Saban. I'm scared of Nick Saban now, and I've never met the guy. <laughs> Who's the dude he made cry in Miami? Do you remember? Oh, um, yeah, it was uh, some fat offense or defensive tackle. <laughs> he was from USC. That's all I can remember. Yeah, they took him in the supplemental draft. I can't. Manny something. Oh, right? Manny, Manuel Wright? Manny, that sounds right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll bring Nick Saban in and start yelling at all these guys and make them cry. Well, hopefully we're not crying as Packer fans this Sunday as uh, the Packers have an opportunity to go to the playoffs. And really, quite honestly, I think more than any other year, if the Packers season was over after this year or after this week, I'll be disappointed because they had Aaron Rodgers in and the Bears really don't deserve it either. But I can't feel like the Packers deserve to go to the playoffs by any means uh, after this season, and I don't have high hopes for them in the playoffs. And quite honestly, I'm a bit burnt out after this season, and if the season did end on Sunday, I'll be disappointed because the football season's over and then i got to wait again to watch it, but I'm not going to be heartbroken like I have been in years past. How about you? Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I would say if there's ever been a uh, win-or-go-home scenario, that the Packers have been in that I'm the most okay if they lose it's going to be this one I mean the season has just left a bad taste in your mouth and like you said I, I can't imagine they make a run it's it's always possible when Aaron Rodgers is behind center but it, this team just isn't very good and we've seen that mm-hmm. and I kind of feel bad for teams like Arizona or whoever ends up missing out on the playoffs because I think frankly they're quite a bit better than we are mm-hmm. and um, the record shows that they're in a much tougher division and I don't think anybody from the North deserves to go but or the uh, east. yeah, I guess on the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the east. Yeah, it'd be nice if they could just leave out all the teams from those divisions. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I would love to see them win. I'd love to see them at least get a chance and you know really knock out Chicago. And we've had their numbers, so it'd be nice to keep it going. But mm-hmm. in terms of you know feeling like this team is has a great chance to win at all, I I don't. So mm-hmm. I guess I, I maybe I think I'll be okay if they lose Sunday. But I guess we can hope. Yeah, we can definitely hope, and if 
Mike McCarthy's history shows us anything. They've been pretty darn good in these regular season yes. do or die situations. And Chicago uh, has not really. <laughs> yeah, they've been horrible in those. Pretty much everybody else in the division has, other than Minnesota at the end of last year, uh, beating the Packers when the Packers may say they had something to play for, but it's certainly not the same as playing for your playoff life. I mean, they had right. had the division one two weeks ago, or two weeks prior to that. I guess before we move on to, you know, kind of wrap this up we'll we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the nfl playoff field but i wanted to assess this mini matt flynn era that we had where the packers essentially went two five and one without aaron Rodgers. one of those losses being with aaron Rodgers playing one drive i was thinking well i guess i, I was trying to think about what happened in these last few weeks and how the team handled it and things like that. I don't know if I want to get into the politics of how the Packers handled it. Leave that to the newspapers and leave that to ESPN.com, who has more inside scoops than we have, and I don't really care to educate myself on that whole backstory. It's not very interesting to me. But as far as what we saw on the field, part of me wants to declare Matt Flynn the savior of the season, coming in you know, taking a tie out of the jaws of defeat against Minnesota, which has turned out to be incredibly helpful. Uh, winning against the Falcons, that all-time great win in Dallas that's going to define this season regardless of what happens this next couple of weeks as far as an individual game is concerned. But on the other hand, they went 2-5-1, and one, and part of me wonders, had they just committed to Scott Tolzien if he wouldn't have come around and been able to have done the same thing and perhaps even... Uh, beating, you know, at, at Pittsburgh or or something like that. So, what are your thoughts, I guess, on Matt Flynn's play and the team as a whole? Yeah, I feel like things might have kind of ended up the same if Tolzien was in. I, maybe you lose the Dallas game and maybe you win last Sunday. Who, but I mean, who knows? But mm-hmm. I, the, I, the Dallas game gives you like an all-time kind of a, a good lasting impression of Flynn, despite. On the other side of things, we saw a lot of really bad quarterback play from him as well. Sure. So, in essence, I think he did keep the season alive because he comes in and, and ties and then wins against the Falcons and then beats Dallas in some big moments. So, really, although we went 2-5-1, and one, with the help of our other division opponents, we're <laughs> yeah. still right here in it. So, you know, if we had, you know, Seneca Wallace or Tolzien, who knows, that might not have happened. So, what more can you ask for? You've got a... a winner-go-home game in Week 17, and really, when Rodgers went down, if we knew that was the scenario, we would have taken that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess so. I've, he's not my favorite quarterback of all time. Really frustrating to watch at times, but he pulled off some big wins and a big tie that have kept us alive, so I guess you can't really say too much bad about the guy. Sure, and he essentially did what you hope a backup quarterback can do. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little less than what you would hope. You probably hope you win half of your games, but that's quite a lot to ask with, with a backup quarterback, if you think about it. So, yeah, I think he's uh, he's done okay, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the offseason if they decide to keep him around. I can't imagine there's going to be a whole lot of interest from other teams to make him a starter no. after flaming out three places. It's, it just seems like a good fit here, and I, I think he, he would be willing to stay, and I can't imagine why the team wouldn't want to keep him around. Yeah, I think people will be looking at him as a backup for sure, but I think this is probably his best place. It seems like he's good friends with Rodgers, and I think he'll he'll probably be the backup forever if he decides to stay around, so that's <laughs> not a bad place to be. Sure. All right, so we'll save our picks on this game to the end here, but we're 
at what has become one of the more exciting weekends of the year. I remember for years, Week 17 was just brutal. Most games meant absolutely nothing, and the NFL made a really subtle but smart change in making all of the final games of the year division games. And it really has made that there almost always is a winner-take-all divisional game and some other big games that uh, can determine playoff seeds. So I guess kudos to the NFL on that change. Some wild things going on. I guess let's just pick some of these games. We'll start in the NFC with the NFC East Championship. The Dallas Cowboys playing in their third straight not-quite-playoff game in Week 17. They're 0-2 the last two years. They also lost one in 2008 to the Philadelphia Eagles. This one, though, they get at home, uh, albeit without Tony Romo. Who do you think wins this game, Matt? Well, I think Philly's definitely the better of the two teams, and if if Romo doesn't play, I don't think they have any chance. Mm-hmm. Although that would be pretty incredible if, if Kyle Orton came in and did it, you know, what Romo hasn't been able to do all these years. Um, but it sounds like he's out, so I'm going to take Philly here, and I think they probably win pretty easily. Yeah, and I would agree, and I am not a big Chip Kelly fan, I am not a big fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm almost rooting for them just because they deserve to be in the playoffs far more than the Dallas Cowboys do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everybody talk, is talking about them like a team that could make a run this year in the playoffs. They've got to get there first, but mm-hmm. I, I, they could be dangerous. Uh, they're going to have a tough matchup in the first round, but they could always they could something where I don't think Dallas would have a chance in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I I agree. Philadelphia, I feel like they're a trendy team, and I could see them going on a bit of a run, but I don't really trust Nick Foles yet. I know he's had a really mm-hmm. good season, but you know, there's some. <laughs> Titans waiting for them, and I don't mean from Tennessee. I mean the Seattle Seahawks right. and the, the the 49ers, the Saints. I mean these teams are not going to be easy outs, and they're going to have to play most of them on the road. Yeah. All right. So uh, the other NFC game is the Packers Bears. We'll save that to the end. This little kind of three-way going on between the 49ers, Cardinals, and Saints for playoff positioning. Uh, throw the Seahawks in there, I guess. Um, as far as the Saints and Cardinals, who do you think, um, I would assume the Saints are going to take that playoff spot playing at home against the uh, against the Buccaneers, right? Yeah, you, you would hope they could close that out. And they even, I believe if I'm right, they need a win or a Cardinals loss, so the odds Correct. are definitely in their favor. So I would uh, I would think that the, in that case, yeah, the Saints should be pretty safe. Tampa's been pretty good lately, and, and the Saints have been bad. But you would think in a... In a meaning everything kind of a game that the Saints would come out and take care of business. Yeah, and uh, and then the Cardinals obviously have a tough game at home against San Francisco, who will be playing for the strange chance that Seattle drops a second straight home game in the division to the Rams, yeah. uh, which likely won't happen. But they still will have a chance at you know kickoff to potentially be the number one seed in the NFC. So they're going to be playing pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um you never know about Tampa. They're kind of weird, and I, I know the Saints dropped one to Tampa in the last game, I think of 2010, at home, which nobody expected either. With uh, Mike Glennon at quarterback, one of the discussions we were having driving to the game last week with the, the group I was with was, who looked more like a bird, Mike Glennon or Nick Foles? Uh, do you have any uh, any thoughts on that? Oh, man, I think... I'd have to pull up Glennon's picture, but I think he's a little more slender, and maybe the hair leads to him looking a little bit more like a bird, but both very bird-like. 
that was a very like technical breakdown of, yeah. of this. So I'm, I'm very uh, serious about that. <laughs> well, that's very good. Well, uh, maybe maybe we could have a more in depth about other people that look like animals across the NFL <laughs> during the off season. Sounds good. All right, so I guess. We're not really making any uh, definitive predictions here. It's the holidays. We're all just kind of chilled out here, and we're just glad Aaron Rodgers is back. But So I guess I'll just say I think Seattle and Carolina will likely get the buys. New Orleans will be the five seed. San Francisco will be the six seed. Do you uh, have any different thoughts than that? No, that sounds good. Okay. And let's go over to the AFC where there are – I think the AFC, we got New England's a division winner. The Broncos are a division winner. If Denver wins, they get home field. If they lose and New England wins, then New England gets home field advantage. Uh, if New England loses and Cincinnati wins, they get the two seed and New England's playing next weekend. And then as far as the AFC South, I believe the Colts are locked into the number four seed. And the Chiefs are locked into the five seed. And the six seed has the bizarre scenario where no one controls their own destiny. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are in the best shape, but it... Well, actually, I think Baltimore and Miami are both in the same shape. If they both yep. win, then w- if San Diego wins, Miami goes to the playoffs. If San Diego loses, then Baltimore goes to the playoffs. And if everybody loses, Pittsburgh gets in. What are your <laughs> thoughts on that? That's so strange. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I don't know what all the tiebreakers are, but yeah, San Diego, Baltimore, and Miami, all 8-7. and seven. Pittsburgh just clinging to life at 7-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine that they have much of a chance. No. Um, yeah, Indy and Cincinnati both at 10-5 and five right now, so Indy could technically still oh, get the 3-seed okay. there. Sure. Um, but Cincinnati wins any tiebreaker there just because of a head-to-head, but I, I guess I sure. didn't realize they already had the same record. So who does San Diego play that's determining all this? Uh, San Diego plays at home against the Chiefs, okay, so who that... are locked into the five seed. They cannot improve their their uh, standing at all. Or, and or so, if San, if, so if San Diego wins, that puts Baltimore in? If Baltimore, if Baltimore wins. wins, yeah. Okay. And then who does Baltimore play against? Uh, Baltimore, uh, let me get that up here. It's yeah, I, I think it's Cincinnati. Oof. And... Uh, in Cincinnati. Oh, so things look look kind of good for the Chargers, you might think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I guess I'd say maybe San Diego makes it in. They might be the best out of the three of those teams, I think, anyways. Yeah, Baltimore is in Cincinnati. Then you have the Jets in Miami. And then you have San Diego hosting Kansas City as the late game. So they'll know, taking the field, um, what they need to do. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I guess I... Thinking, in all likelihood, that Baltimore will probably go in. Um, well, they're in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati will be playing something. So I think Miami will likely get in, just because uh, I don't know if Baltimore will lose. I think if, if Baltimore loses and Miami wins, I think Miami's in the playoffs because okay. they'll have a nine and seven record, and nobody else will be nine and seven. Or well, San Diego could be nine and seven. Yeah, that's. I, I don't know what all the specific tiebreakers are, but San Diego would have the same record then. Well, from the sounds of it, if San Diego wins and Miami wins, then Miami is in. Okay. Um, so I think Miami gets in if that happens. I Who think does Miami play. They stink. If they they'll host the Jets. Them. Okay, they're gonna lose. Okay, well, they certainly could. That's kind of what I'm saying. I think Miami, well, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Geno Smith has been horrible on the road this year, you know, throwing picks like they're worth points. But I think they'll probably get in, uh, Miami will, but I'm really hoping the Chargers do because Phillip Rivers is on fire this year, and I don't know about you, but to me, 
The playoffs are most interesting when you have good quarterback matchups. Mm-hmm. I don't want no Tannehill in the playoffs. I don't want, you know, Big Ben who's been horrible this year. Joe Flacco who's been, uh, well, Big Ben's been hot lately, but I'm, I've seen enough Big Ben playoff football for, you know, <laughs> maybe for my lifetime. But, uh, also Joe Flacco, he's been rough this year at times and he's banged up. Philip Rivers has been on fire. I want to see him in the playoffs again. Yeah, and with how wide open, absolutely wide open this AFC is, they can mm-hmm. make a run for a Super Bowl, and Phillip Rivers has never gotten there, so that would be kind of exciting to see, too. Sure. Um, they're just one of those teams that's always been there, that it, you know, if they could make a run, it would almost feel like it, it validates his career a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, It also get... validates me, because last year we had identical top 10 independently produced quarterback lists, and <laughs> you had RG3, and I had Phillip Rivers, and uh. you said he's on his downslide, and I said, no, I don't think so. Seemed like a great idea at the time, and, and even at, after the season. But now it sounds it makes me sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you seem to be right at this point, but we need to reseed those, I think. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm sorry. I think you were making a point, then I interrupted you to put myself over. Oh no, that's <laughs> okay. I was just gonna say, I, you know, in the first round, if they make it in, you you maybe get Cincy or Indianapolis. I would think that they might almost be favorites in that game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you. I wouldn't put it past them to go into Denver or Foxborough or wherever they have to go in the second round either to get a win too. So that team could be a could be a tough one to get out here. Yeah, and certainly much tougher than Miami or the Ravens at this point, who just got yeah. throttled by New England a couple weeks ago. Who wants a rematch of that? Yeah. Well, I guess you can't have a rematch of that because they would beat Cincinnati, and then you probably would see Ravens Cincinnati two weeks in a row, and that doesn't sound very appealing yeah. either. No thanks. Yeah. So hopefully San Diego makes it in. Um, I don't know if we want to break down the chances of the individual matchups. The only thing that is awesome about what we know so far about the playoffs is that it's impossible for the 3.30 game on NBC on Wild Card Saturday to be Bengals at Texans, which the last two years have supplied us with two of the most boring playoff games I've ever seen. Thank goodness. I'm kind of happy Houston's out of it this year. Yeah. Yeah, me too, and I, I never expected them to be this out of it. I mean, that team got went from being, you know, a potential Super Bowl favorite to just... First pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah and, and probably questioning everybody on the team. I mean, Arian Foster's banged up, Andre Johnson's getting old, Matt Schaub can't play, Kubiak's gone already a couple weeks ago, so who'd have thought they would have fallen so hard this year? So next year you've got the Texans with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney edges, though. That's kind of scary. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Well, I mean, they had the number one offense, or um, excuse me, the number one defense through half the season and only won two games. Right. They could have gone 0-16 this year. They they beat the Chargers down what 21 to three in the in the third quarter and came back and won. And then they had a, like a 10 point comeback to uh, beat Tennessee in overtime. So they they conceivably could have gone 0-16 this mm-hmm. year. That's insane. <laughs> um, but whatever. So I think we can maybe talk about disappointments and surprises and all that kind of stuff after some of these teams have been officially eliminated and and we know kind of the total playoff picture. But this will definitely be a fun Sunday, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can win. So let's wrap this show up. It'll be a a short show, a kind of disorganized show, but we wanted to get on here and talk a little bit in the middle of uh, our Christmas break and, and, well, at least my Christmas break. I I work for a college, so I I get a little bit of an old-school kind of student vacation here. Mm-hmm. 
but anyways, hopefully people are still have some fun stuff with the new year coming up. Uh, and hopefully you've uh, had a chance to listen to our show a little bit here. But before we go, Matt, do you think the Green Bay Packers will be NFC North Division champions at this time next week? I do. I can't imagine that they uh, let Jay Cutler come in and best them. I, I think they're a better team. Bears are. I think the Bears are. Their defense is just so poor. I can't imagine they stop us that much. So mm-hmm. I, our secondary is going to have a hell of a time with with their receivers again. But I think we outscore them. Yeah, and I, it all depends on Aaron Rodgers. If he's too skittish, I could see them, you know, giving up eight sacks and losing a, like a 17-14 kind of game, but if there's one thing Dom Capers has shown that he can do year after year, and that's screw up Jay Cutler. Yeah. And I'm hoping he can do that again. And hopefully we get some people stepping up. I gotta believe the team is gonna be rejuvenated with Aaron Rodgers entering the lineup. And, Hopefully uh, they can do enough on offense to just get a chance to be in the playoffs, and it'll certainly be a feather in the cap of, of McCarthy and Ted Thompson and certainly Aaron Rodgers, as tumultuous as this season has been at times. If they can get this situation into the playoffs, uh, they might not prove uh, they might not have proven that this is a championship-winning uh, club, but it certainly is a uh, is a winning system uh, that is certainly something to be proud of. So I'm I'm hoping for them and uh, for us too that Aaron Rodgers can uh, pull them out to a victory. Well, they're they're going to be so fired up. I mean, you think about this team that they made it through the stretch. They're getting the quarterback. They might be getting Randall Cobb back as opposed to Chicago, who's just coming off getting their butts kicked. Yeah, I mean, they can't be feeling too good about themselves. Where we have you know all all the hope in the world because we're getting 12 back and they've mm-hmm. got the same team they had last week that just got stomped by a <laughs> by an average team. So mm-hmm. you would think mindset-wise we're probably in a better spot. Oh, yeah. I mean, any time you score 11 in a loss, that's the most embarrassing score ever. <laughs> Nobody scores 11 in a game that they have in control. Mm-hmm. So... 54 to 11 is one of the ugliest scores ever. So that's they're just embarrassed by the box score itself, I think, regardless of play. All right, so after that weird point that I was just trying to make, I think we can wrap this up. And, uh, Matt, enjoy the rest of your holidays. You too. All right, we'll uh, see you next week. Hopefully we'll have some good news to talk about. And uh, if they beat the Bears... I think we're going to have to get old Steve Winwood back out here for the next yeah. uh, next show. So come on, Packers. I want to listen to Steve Winwood. All right, until next week, for Matt and Eau Claire, I'm uh, Eric in Oshkosh. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed the holidays. Have a very happy and safe remainder of the holiday season, and enjoy this weekend. It's about as good as it gets in NFL football. Take care, everyone. <laughs>